Welcome to the Athlete's Record, where athletes share an honest and inspirational account of their sporting life, the things that matter most to them, and what they learned along the way. This podcast is brought to you in association with SPAR, proudly partnering with Israel Olatunde to launch the SPAR College Fund in support of third-level students. Visit spar.ie to find out how students can win €10,000 in prize funds. When Israel Olatunde settled into the blocks to compete in the 100-metre final of the European Athletics Championships, he had already made history as the first Irish man to be in the final. Just over 10 seconds later, he'd made history again, becoming the fastest Irish man over 100 metres, clocking in at 10.17 and placing sixth in Europe. Here, he tells us where it all began, his early aspiration to be a professional footballer and his childhood memories growing up in Dundalk in County Louth. Well, yeah, the dream was to, you know, to make it to the Premier League one day. I think every kid, you know, dreams of that, um, being a professional football player. But, um, but yeah, I played underage, like maybe like under, up to like under 14s, under 15s. But, um, from there, I just realized, you know, football probably wasn't, you know, my calling, but it wasn't for me. I kind of felt out of love with it. Um, but I think everything happens for a reason because it was from there that I picked up athletics and started getting into it. My role, my role models were probably my siblings, to be honest. Um, my sister, I have an older sister and older brother, Gabriel and Sharon, and I just looked up to them so much. You know, I used to copy whatever, you know, they would do. Um, my brother, he's six years older than me. So like, I kind of got a different perspective of life, you know, just from hanging out with him and hang- with his friends and stuff like that. And my sister, she's one, she used to do athletics. So she's kind of the one that got me into it. Um, I used to just follow her to her training. Um, I used to pick her up with, with my mom. And from there, I just saw tra- them training and it looked fun. So I gave it a try and, guess the rest is history. Just from when I started, I really I had a really steady progression. So, um, but no matter like what stage I'm at, you know, there's always a next step to go. So I guess I haven't really came to that realization yet, but um, maybe one day, maybe when I'm at the Olympics, I'll be able to sit back and realize, yeah, I'm decent. Yeah, athletics can be a lonely sport, but you know, you're never in it on your own. There's always people there to support you that have got you to, you know, no matter what stage you are, there's those people there to, push you on and support you. I remember my former coach, Jerry Mercado, he was a big um, you know, part of my journey, you know, just, he was, he just took me in, he was my sister's coach, he took me in as well. Um, and we just worked closely together for a few years and um, with him, you know, we achieved so much. Um, but then at the time he saw that it was time for me to you know, move on to a new coach. So he helped me um, get up with Daniel Kilgallen up in Dublin. And, you know, from there, you know, we've done some great things over the last few years. and. Yeah, just, just so many people, my family, all my friends, you just, everyone just really shows me so much uh, love and support that's really helped me, you know, push on. Like, I'm very self-motivated, but, you know, seeing people get joy from what I'm doing kind of pushes me on that extra step. Yeah, I think Dundalk was a pretty cool place to grow up. Um, you know, people, my people, when I tell people I'm from Dundalk, they always kind of roll their eyes, you know, but I love, I love my, love my town. Um, you know, I was, pre- I was pretty comfortable at home. You know, I was pretty spoiled. I was, I'm the youngest in my family, so, um, I had no worries growing up. I had everything I kind of needed, really. Um, I enjoyed secondary school as well. Uh, I went to St. Mary's College in Dundalk, and, you know, it's just a great place just to learn and to make new friends. So, I was, I had a really good environment growing up, and, you know, that's something I'm really grateful for. I know, like, everyone doesn't have that. So, it's definitely something, you know, that I cherish. In Dundalk, there was like a pretty good mixture of cultures, I guess, when I was growing up. Um, there was a lot of you know, kids from with Nigerian backgrounds and from all over Africa, from Eastern Europe and from Asia as well. So um, I think maybe 
growing up, like, there obviously was, you know, ignorance and racism and things like that. But um, I felt kind of sheltered from that really because, you know, we have your, you have your own kind of community, I guess, um, within the town. So, but even in school, like there was like, certain incidents that would happen, but um, definitely it wasn't something that um, was frequent or that, you know, affected me as much as maybe others would have. So I'm pretty like, I guess, blessed in that sense. Um, that might not have been, I might not have been affected as much as other people would have been. Yeah, like when my parents came to um, Ireland, like obviously things were you know, difficult for them. You're coming to like a new country and not knowing anyone and your know, people, you know, looking at you as if you're different, you know, obviously that's going to be uh, tough. And you know, they always tell us, you know, stories and of things that you know, they went through. And um, yes, yeah, it's, it's tough to really like hear about the, like that they went through, things like that. But it kind of, I guess it kind of gives me a sense of like motivation, I guess, really, you know, to know what they've been through and how hard they work to give me and my siblings a better like, future, a better life. Um, you know, like they always tell me that I don't owe anyone anything, but, you know, I still feel in my heart that, you know, I owe to them um, just to, you know, follow my dreams, really, because that's the reason why they've come to Ireland, um, to give us a chance to do what we really want to do and to not be held back by anything. Um, but now, now that I'm on this type of stage, you know, I want to use that for you know, a good cause. You know, I, I know people are watching, so I want to be able to represent my family, my community, my country, you know, proudly and just show people what I can do, really. Despite his young age, Israel has earned a reputation as a mature and highly professional athlete. Here he describes his mindset in approaching the sport and how he views athletics as an extension of himself. Yeah, I think you can't separate the... The craft from the person, you know. I think, um, you know, whatever whatever we do, whether whatever job that is, if it's sport or anything, it's just an extension of you. So, um, I think it's important to, like in anything you do, like just put, like, be genuine, you know, be yourself, and you just put your all into it. So that's something I'm trying to, you know, bring into you know whatever I do, but specifically my sport. Um, I just want to want people to be able to like look at me and, you know, think. If he can chase his dreams, you know, I can chase mine as well. You know, I can just, you know, find something I love and just put my effort into it and just see what can come from it, really. Um, but yeah, I, there's nothing, I don't, I don't really know what my goal is really in this sport. You know, I just, I'm just, I'm just having fun with it. So, and that's all that really matters to me at the moment. Yeah, after the European Championships, there definitely was um, a great influx of attention and I guess my profile did <laughs> kind of explode a little bit, but you know, my coach, he, my Dan McGallan, he keeps me grounded and he always reminds me, you know, like everyone, like, even though all the attention is great, everyone, you know, is really supportive, but they're only seeing, you know, a moment in time, you know, we've been on this journey for how many years and we have how many years to go. So we have to remind ourselves that, you know, this isn't the end. I'm um, have to look out, you know, what's next. Um, and you not get too, you know, caught up with, the attention and things like that, because, you know, we still have work to do. We still have our goals and we still have a long journey to go, really, just in the sport. You know, this be, I don't want this to be the highlight of my career, you know. Um, there's certain things I want to achieve. And as I remember that, just be patient as well with it, you know. Um, people will have their expectations and um, their thoughts about what I can do in the future. But, you know, me and my, I, I think the people around me are the ones that you know, I'm trying to listen to and, Obviously, I take, I take everything on board, but especially, you know, people like my family, my coach, um, some of my friends, you know, that, you know, that they've been with me throughout this journey. So, and they kind of know what's, you know, what we've been through and what we're going. So, 
But yeah, just, I guess just reminding myself, like, you know, what I'm doing, who I am and where I'm going, not getting too caught up with other people's opinions. Um, I think that's so really important, um, especially like in the moments like these where, you know, there is a big shift in attention. You know, athletes, you know, we know that it's not just about, you know, the 10 seconds that you race. It's just the preparation you put in, the training, the months and months of work that you put in with your coaches and your training partners that come into play. So it's not just about, you know, the 10 seconds. That's when, I guess the 10 seconds, that's the easy part, you know. You just have to go out there and do what you've done countless of times. I guess the hard part is just showing up, you know, day after day for training, um, eating right, you know, being disciplined with your sleep and nutrition and everything. I think that's the real tough part, you know, especially when you might not be seeing results. Um, it's hard to, you know, find motivation because, yeah, I guess because it is such a short event, <laughs> you, you kind of wonder, is it worth it? Um, but I don't know, I guess we're all just adrenaline junkies, so we just keep going back to it. There's always a feeling, just a feeling that we're all kind of searching for um, in sprint, and that's just running fast, you know. The call room is a very special place. Um, it's very eerie, I guess, especially at like the bigger competitions. You know, I remember at the European Championships um, and for the final, just looking around and seeing seven other guys and thinking, you know, we all want the same thing. And it's kind of gets your, it gets your blood pumping just thinking about the possibilities that, you know, I want to beat this guy, he wants to beat me. We're all going to go at it and just see who comes out um, on top. So it just, there's a, definitely is some, a lot of energy in the car room, but it's kind of silent energy. No one is going around like jumping around or um, talking too much, but everyone kind of knows what's up and everyone is just getting into the zone really. Um, and I remember like my favorite, probably my favorite moment from before the European Championships was just when they introduced us to the crowd. Um, I remember we walked out into the stadium and I just look around and I see there's a packed arena and for maybe like 50,000, 60,000 people there. They're all here to watch us race. Um, and I was, I was feeling a bit nervous, but like as soon as they brought me out to the center stage and called my name, I just, something just took over me and that, all that nervous energy just turned into excitement and just aggression, I guess, kind of. Um, that was, that's a moment that I remember pretty clearly from the Europeans. I think that was like my favorite moment um, of the championship, really. New national record for Israel, Olatunde, 10-17. He has surpassed Paul Hessian's 10-18. So he's won a national record in a European final for sixth place. And that is some going. And I think it's the right place for the record to go on an historic occasion for Irish sprinting. First Irish man in a major championship 100 metres final in the modern era. And for Israel on a Sunday, a very respectable sixth yeah. place. <laughs> the Irish yeah. flag is being draped around his shoulders. He's enjoying the moment and, and obviously an Irish record just to rubber stamp it all. He shared the time with Paul of France. Like, he was a whisker away from fifth place. Yeah. He was a whisker away from fourth place. He was ahead of Reese Prescott. Yes. It's like, it's... He's really boxed above his weight here in these championships. And the last 90 minutes, he has produced and reproduced. That's great to see that sort of reaction from Israel Olatunde. We described him earlier on as a confident young man, and something like this is bound to just only increase that confidence. I didn't, I didn't realize uh, I'd broken the record when I first crossed the line. Um, I was just looking, I, 
when I when I race, my mind just goes blank, so I don't really remember what happens during the race. Um, everything is just like pretty much on instinct. So I crossed the line. I saw a few people ahead of me. I was like, damn, maybe I didn't do too well. But I was just looking up at the big screen, just waiting for my result. I saw the first place come up, Marcel Jacobs, I was second place, um, Sarnal Hughes, third place, Jeremiah Azu, fourth place, John Falco. I was like, damn, uh, it's already, it's already down to fourth place and I haven't seen my name yet. Fifth place, Mohamed Ufal, and he ran 10.17. So I was like, ah, I must have missed the record. I must have run 10.30 or something. But then sixth place, Israel Latunde, 10.17 as well. I was like, and then, yeah, I guess you've probably already seen the videos, but just seeing that, Seeing that my name up there, sixth place and 10.17 national record, like the, I was just overjoyed. The emotions just came out there in that moment. Um, so that was a very special moment. I think before like a race, there would be a lot of tension going on. You know, you might not talk to, even if you're friends with certain athletes, you might not talk to them, but you know, after a race, you know, everything that kind of goes out the window. Everyone, well, for the most part, um, will be pretty friendly and, supportive um, i remember that the third place finisher jeremiah azu in the 100 meters at the european championships i'll be i would have known him for the last few years just from racing against him um i remember i, I he, he saw he saw my reaction to my national record he came over to me gave me a hug and we we're just uh, talking for a little bit and um that was a really special moment to share with him he he's worked so hard to get that bronze medal so <clears throat> um and uh, yeah, we were, he was actually talking about, cause we're going to be racing against each other hopefully next year at the European Under 23 Championships. So, um, we're kind of playing that up now. So we'll see how that goes next year. With the available modern structures and facilities, more and more Irish athletes are choosing to pursue their pathway to elite level at home in Ireland, which has allowed Israel to study and train at UCD in Dublin. US scholarships remain an alternative pathway, which was the one chosen by Israel's close friend, Rashida Adeleke who, along with Israel, helped to light up the 2022 European Championships for Team Ireland. Yeah, Rashida, she's one of my you know, best friends and someone that I look up to in the sport um, a lot. So to be able to be at a championship like this and see her produce, you know, the fastest time this country's ever seen in the 400 meters, that was a really special moment. You know, I was there <laughs> by the finish line, you're cheering her on. I, had a, I lost my voice after uh, her race. Um, I got to throw her the flag as well to celebrate her national record. So that was a really special moment, you know. Um, we've been at this for the last, together for the last like maybe five years now, four or five years, just, just being at different championships together and just building that bond connection. And um, I used to train with her when she lived, when she was in Ireland and then in Tala. Um, so yeah, just from there and just, you know, she's just so determined and just a great person and she deserves everything that she's going to get. I know she's going to achieve more in the future. So I'm excited to follow her journey just like everyone else. Coming out of secondary school, I guess in America, going to, going to the States for uh, college was never really an option for me, I guess, because I didn't, I didn't really know much about the sport. So it was never something I kind of researched or looked into. So for me, like I always wanted to kind of go to UCD. That was kind of my main um, goal, UCD or DCU. But and then I chose UCD. Um, I'm really, I'm really, really grateful uh, for how things turned out because the support I've received from UCD and the Ad Astra Academy has been um, amazing. I think they really supported me to get into where I am today. Um, I think it just suited me better to kind of stay in Ireland and just to grow and develop a bit more. Because um, I, I was young coming out of secondary school, so I don't think I probably was mature enough to you know, make a big move like that at the time. Um, just in the sport as well and just in life really. Uh, so I'm really grateful that, you know, I've got this opportunity to go to UCD for, UCD for the last four years and 
just develop academically and in my sport. Um, I think making decisions like that to either maybe like to leave for the States or stay in Ireland, I think it's a really, I think it's a really like important you know, decision. They have to kind of sit there and, and you know, really think about um, not just yourself, but with you know, people around you. Um, because, you know, things can, things can change so much depending on what you do, really. Um, but you don't really want to pass up opportunities like that, I guess, really. But at the same time, you know, it might be better for you to stay, you know. So I think something that, you know, young athletes and even older athletes really have to sit down and think about, um, for sure. I think, I think there is like a lot more pathways um, that are trying to open up here in Ireland, you know, for athletes to kind of develop you know things aren't perfect at the moment but you know you can definitely see improvements and um i kind of have a willingness to kind of grow um in terms of like the infrastructure around you know athletes and sport here in ireland um so it's great to like athletes have that option you know if they that they can you know stay at home and you know be successful and great in their sport um i think that's so important you know for younger people to see um you know, that there are you know, role models around them that they can but you can see like a pathway of how to you know, get to, to reach their dreams and to get to where they want to be. With so many possibilities open to Israel as he looks to the future, he tells us about the importance of staying grounded, being humble, and not being distracted by the attention that comes with breaking records on the track. Yeah, I guess it's, it'll be, it's easy to kind of get caught up in things and in your achievements or you know, where you're at, but I think my faith really helps me to just put things into perspective really and and to know that, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I'm just running in a straight line. You know, I mean, it's so, it's cool, but at the end of the day, there's like more, you know, important things and pressing matters. And I know, and I know like where I've come to get to this point in my journey. Um, so it's like hard for me to, I guess, to be arrogant or whatever, because I know what's been put in and the people that have helped come to support me. And um, I just know like I'm not really in control, really. You know, I know there's someone above me, you know, watching over me and guiding me and, has put these people in my life to get me where I need to be. So, um, yeah, I guess just in terms of putting things into perspective, my faith has really helped me a lot. I don't think it's a good thing, but like, I don't really, you know, allow myself time to kind of think about, you know, what I've done. I've, I've given for the European Championships, I haven't really <laughs> sat down to think about, you know, <laughs> what I've kind of achieved. Um, in my mind, I'm always thinking about what's next, what's next, what's next. And that's not, that's not really, that's not really a good thing. Um, because it's good to like, you know, just sit in the moment and, you know, to just to relax and just remember, like, think about, you know, where you've been and, you know, where you're at in the moment. Um, but yeah, even though it's important to kind of look to the future and not to get be too burdened by you know, what's going on at the moment, it's still good to take time to reflect and think about, you know, where you've been, you know, the journey you've been on. And I guess it just gives you more of an appreciation for sp- your sport and just for life in general, um, knowing how far you've come and, it kind of might give you motivation to keep going. You know, when you think about your know, records, you know, it's it's amazing when you think about it. Like, the, I don't really like calling myself this, but you know, I'm the fastest Irishman in history. But at the same time, you know, there's always gonna be someone come up. There's, there's gonna be someone after me that's gonna you know take up this take up the mantle and um, take over my place as in this role, I guess. Um, but I just want to push this as much as I can. You know, before I hand it off to someone else, but, but you know, we're all just links in the chain, really. Um, Paul Hessian was the one before me, and now it's my time, but there will be someone after me. Um, just passing on the legacy, you know. Um, it's important 
you know, that when we're, we are in this position, we take advantage of it and, you know, try to inspire, you know, the athletes coming up. You know, obviously, I don't want them to beat me, not yet, um, but I want them to be able to learn from me and, you know, one day, you know, go further than I've gone. But hopefully that's not for another few years. But um, just seeing Paul Hetian's reaction um, was really, you know, special to me. And I've kind of like learned, you know, from that, you know, just seeing, you know, how like, gracious he was and, and how happy he was for me. And, you know, I know I'm going to be the same for you know, the next um, Irish 100 meter record holder. Now, it's a great feeling, you know, knowing that, you know, there are younger people, you know, not just athletes that, you know, might look up to me. Um, but it's also does come with, I guess, a little bit of pressure and anxiety. You know, you never want to lay a bad example or a slip up and, um, you know, disappoint, you know, people that look up to you. But um, at the same time, I guess, if I just, you know, be myself and um, then that's, that, that'll be enough for you know, everyone, really. I think if you can see it, you can achieve it. You know, I think it's important to give like younger people like something that they can actually see and they can see like a pathway to you know to get there. Really, um, I sure like remember like um, Roger Bannister in the four minute mile. Um, you know, after he did it, you know, how many other people <laughs> did it so soon after? So um, hopefully, you know, after this performance, you know, that I've put in, um, you know, other younger athletes can come through and. You know, put, like, just put pressure on, on uh, the sprinting scene in Europe, put pressure on the sprinting scene in the world, and uh, just, yeah, just make an impact you know, as Irish sprinters. I think we can do We do have the talent. We do have the abilities. But you know, I think hopefully you know, people can realize that and you know, just make that push. I guess I just want to find something you know, that I enjoy and just you know, put my, all my effort into it. And I feel like I find that with you know, athletics and sprinting, but you never know what the future can hold. So I just want to put my all into something and be able to create something that you know, I can look back on and you know, be proud of you know, what I've done. Um, it sounds a bit cliche or cringe, but I, I see myself as an artist. You know, athletics is my craft. And I want to create something that's special and beautiful that I can look back on or other people can look at and be inspired by, take motivation from and just to put a smile on their face, really. I guess just growing up, like, um, just the values, I guess, instilled in me by my parents, you know, they wanted me to do any, everything, I, everything that I did, they wanted me to do it with, you know, intent and with purpose and to just enjoy what I was doing, really. And so I don't just, it's not just athletics that I see as an art, I just see, you know, life, you know, as an art, as an art form, really. And we're all just creating things every day, whether you believe it or not, you're putting, you know, things out into the universe that other people are going to, relate to and react to. Um, so I just want to be able to put out them both. This is something, this is something beautiful really that people are able to you know, see and you know, take things from really. This episode was brought to you in association with SPAR, proud supporters of Irish Athletics. SPAR is proud to partner with Israel Alatunde to support students this autumn. The SPAR College Fund is a TikTok competition that will see SPAR award two third-level students €5,000 each. To find out how to enter, visit spar.ie for more information. Competition closes on the 20th of October. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is produced in partnership with Athletics Ireland and Irish Runner magazine. The Athletes Record is produced by Record Media. Subscribe now for further episodes in our series.